And we're live. Hello everyone, happy Friday, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador. We did it. We made it. Another week has gone by. Another triumph in our lives to have lived on this planet, on this earth, this universe, this realm, for another week. God, wasn't it tiring? Oh my God, was it tiring? I am, I am so beat. I am so drained. And I'll tell you why. But first, as tradition, as I explained last week, and just with my podcasts in general here on Fapism Plays Twitch channel, we gotta take our shot. So, um, this is a two-part shot, actually. One shot, two reasons. Thing number one is, hey, happy episode two to this podcast. But also a, um... Uh, what do you call it? Just, um, um... A grievance, I suppose. Uh, just cheers to, um... The life of Norm MacDonald, uh, who I'm sure you know, the comedian, recently passed away this past week due to cancer, I believe at age 61. So, um, happy second episode to the podcast and requiescat in pace, Norm MacDonald. <sighs> Ooh, it was not gin this week. I picked one of my flasks that had something in it. I couldn't remember what it was. I thought it was going to be gin or vodka, but out came brandy, so yay, brandy shot. So I wasn't all too familiar with Norm's material. I I listened to some of it, uh, bits and pieces, ever since I started getting more into SNL. And I noticed that he was one of the hosts of the Weekend Update portion of that show. I listened to some of his bits and materials and I I rather like it. It's uh it's a different type of humor. It's a very sarcastic and rambly type of humor and dry. Not as dry as Stephen Wright, but still nonetheless dry. And I've always enjoyed it when he was being interviewed on Conan. I thought his interviews with Conan are Fantastic, And luckily, uh, Team Coco is doing their own tribute to Norm, as a bunch of other comedians are as well. But Team Coco is compiling their, uh, their interview segments of Norm just basically into one compilation. Or at least uh, many, but it's nice to see that they're paying tribute to the man. I'll be checking out his stuff as it goes on. I've been... Listening as of today while I was at work earlier, his interviews with David Letterman, also equally as entertaining. Uh, but if you haven't heard of Norm MacDonald, MacDonald, M-A-C, uh, I recommend that you do so. It's, it's worth, uh, it's worth the, uh, the time. Also, it's interesting how his name is MacDonald, with the literal... A M A C D O N A L D. And uh, normally, you know, if you want to go to Mickey D's, McDonald's, it's just M C and then Donald's. So when you say Mick, there's like an I in there. So why is the I just Mick? Shouldn't it be like Ns or Mk rather than Mick? 
Like, we're, we're adding a vowel in there where there shouldn't be a vowel. That's beside the point. Uh, so yeah, rest in peace, Norm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how y'all's week was. Uh, mine was tiring. And it's not tiring just because of work or, um, because of trying to figure things out for the podcast and what do I want to do with it and material and this and that. And uh, just trying to get other things rolling as well. No, I'm tired because, uh, for those of you who don't know, but the majority of you do, because I talk about it quite a bit on my streams, uh, especially with my gaming streams of Fapism Plays, I'm just, I'm tired all the time. I got two sleeping disorders, and one of them is extending into another sleeping disorder, so that's great. Yay. Before I forget, I also wish to uh, advertise that you can email me for this podcast. It is at fsofpodcast at gmail.com, frankly speaking on fridaypodcast.com, uh, .org, at org. Email me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm tired. Um, yeah, go ahead. Email me questions, uh, topics of discussion, anything and everything of that nature. And I've also now am able to post this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So be on the lookout. Follow this podcast on both or one of those apps outlets and it will refresh weekly and update itself of whenever a new podcast is able to come out and of course it, my podcast will also be on my youtube channel of fapism plays so in case you wanted to see even though it's what you're seeing right now is what you'll be seeing on youtube but i did add something i added a chat box hold on Huzzah! Oh, well, that's probably a bad place in which to put it. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's a chat box now. So you can go ahead and uh, chat me up, and I will be able to read what y'all are saying live. Just, you know, keep it PG. PG-13 at the most. So, Frank, why are you tired all the time? You said that you have sleeping disorders. Yes, I do, me. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, so what I want to talk about, at least my thoughts for this week, to say the very least, is uh, just health. More specifically, just sleep and uh, the health benefits of sleep and getting a good night rest. And then also bad doctors. Have you ever had a bad doctor in your life? I'm sure you have. I think we all have. I think somehow within the medical profession, there are more bad doctors than there are good doctors. And probably the reason for that is because all the good doctors are immediately taken up so they can't take in any more clientele. And then the rest of us have to go to the lesser. The lessers. The, uh... Yeah, I'm a doctor, but I'm 500th in my class. We get those guys. Yeah, I mean, if we all could afford to go to the Mayo, uh, God, I would be going there if I sneezed once. They helped my dad out quite a bit with his cancer. Uh, anyway, 
So, how do those two correlate? Well, dear listener, let me tell you. Strap on in and let Uncle Frank tell you a story of being tired for 16 years now. It all began back in the day. I'm kidding. It did begin back in the day, though. I, during that magical time of being a pre-teenager, turning into a teenager and going through that lovely little life, little bit of life called puberty, I acquired something more than just the development and the beginning of my voice. I developed something called restless leg syndrome. Do you not know what restless leg syndrome is? Well, let me tell you what RLS is. RLS is a fun, 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 tap and tap dance in your sleep fun sleeping disorder, which is also a neurological disorder. Essentially, when the body goes to sleep and you're beginning to get past, you know, stage one of your REM, you, uh, the brain releases a bunch of different chemicals. One of those chemicals being that uh, is, a, is a paralysis, essentially. is a natural paralysis that your brain releases so that your body can stay still, so that you can enter REM sleep, and so that the body can not only dream, but also at night when you're sleeping during REM, the body also has the highest chance and opportunity for it to be able to heal itself of physical wounds. Like the one I got on my toe no more than 25 minutes ago. I was putting away some some salsa into the fridge, and as I went to close the door, <laughs> the bottom of the door scraped against my toe. So I have a gash there. There's a band-aid on it right now, and I'm sure it's bled through, but we'll muster on. Anyway, sleeping, REM sleep, fantastic and great for the body. You need it. Like, you literally need sleep. It is a need of the body. To the point where um, there was a Batman comic, actually. I forget which one it was. Uh, but he goes 36 to... He goes 72 hours without sleep. Trying to solve something, I think, that the Joker did. Because it's always the Joker. Or maybe it was the Riddler. I forget. But throughout this three-day, non-stop, high-physically-demand case... Like his mind starts having delusions and starts playing tricks on him just because you can't go that long without it affecting your mind somehow you need to sleep so sleep, get rest I'll tell you how you can but during the fun time of turning 13 having puberty go through me because that's a joke I um in seventh grade, I started to just become more and more tired. And I wasn't sure why, because, I don't know, I didn't pay attention to it. I thought I was, I thought I was sleeping fine. I was still very active. In the seventh grade, I was part of the middle school wrestling team, weight class 119. Uh, those were the days of skinniness. And... I was even still hanging out with my neighborhood friends, riding bikes, running, LARPing. Yes, I LARPed. What of it? Don't judge me. With your eyes, you, and your ear holes. 
Yeah, we went and saved that princess at the top of that abandoned house. You know how many trolls I didn't kill? Plenty. LARPing's fun, I encourage it. Anyway, <clears throat> I was active, so I thought, okay, you know, I'm pushing myself. I'm just, I'm tired. Maybe I'm staying up too late because I'm a teenager and I never went to bed when I was supposed to. But I would sleep and I would have to wake up early in order to catch the band bus uh, for rehearsals. So I'd be standing out at that street corner, uh, not selling myself, not yet. <laughs> and uh, I'd continue my active day as a middle schooler with extracurricular activities and and being active. That's just that's what I did. So I didn't realize I was actually becoming more and more fatigued until I started noticing, as well as my teachers, because I kept getting in trouble for it. You're falling asleep in class. You're falling asleep for class. And it was happening so periodically, so frequently, that they were threatening to hold me back a grade because I was, I was uh, not doing well in school as a result. I just, I couldn't stay awake. Oh, excuse me. Uh, so... What happened, and luckily at that time, my mother, uh, momism, as you may call her, she went through a sleep study rather recently, and she was diagnosed with restless leg syndrome. And she was on medication in order to tend to it. And it just kind of popped in her head one day. She's like, wait a second. If this is genetic, then he might have it. Well, lo and behold, got in contact with her doctor, had some, uh, had some appointments, and got the tests going, came back testing positive for RLS. We were able to submit that to the school, saying, yes, he has a medical reason as to why he's falling asleep. We're working on it. He's on medication. Uh, and, and just don't give him a chance to catch up on his work. He'll, he'll pass. You just need to give it to him. And I did. With my usual straight C's. <laughs> Except for gym and music, those were always A's. So, I got diagnosed with RLS, and I was taking, um, I forget which medication I began with. That was 16 years ago. So, I got diagnosed. And I pass. You know, happy ending. But... RLS is something that is forever. It's ongoing. No matter what, I'm going to have RLS, and I'm going to have to manage it with prescriptions. As of right now, I am taking something called Ropinerol, which is the off-brand of Requip. Isn't Requip for seizures or something? Yes. Yes, it is. There are some dedicated medications to RLS, but it's, um, it's still kind of new, and they're still developing new things for it. So, what happens then is that since I was diagnosed with RLS at such a young age, 
it was kind of difficult trying to find a doctor that was not only willing to take on a 13 year old with RLS, but also just what medications would work for me. And the fact that this was 16 years ago, it was almost brand new that this was a thing. Or at least as far as I can recollect. And now this is the portion where we come into bad doctors. Doctors and I, we can get along. For the most part we do. But then there are times where, where we just really, really don't. And whether it's me or just them being able to practice medicine poorly, that remains to be determined. My bad reputation with doctors began as a child. Dr. C, because I will not reveal their name. Dr. C was my pediatrician, you know, my child doctor. Went to that doctor all the time. And I remember my mother always saying, I don't want to bring you over there because if I bring you over there, they're just going to say, it's a virus. You owe me 50 bucks. And she was right. That was that doctor's famous tagline. She didn't actually say, you know, the, the price, but, you know, it was implied, certainly. So anyway, Dr. C, uh, <laughs> I had... How do I want to tell this? So, she was probably a fine doctor, Dr. C. She probably was good at her job and what she did. However, when it came to the time that she gave me my first physical, and I was already taught stranger danger, I remember being so perturbed and out of place during the physical because my mother and my father, I don't remember which, were in the room, and Dr. C comes to the point where, you know, turn your head and cough, which I complied, but I was very bothered by the fact that she was touching my balls. Very bothered. And it came to the point where she brought my parent, parents, again, don't remember, into her office, or maybe it was right there in, in, the, in the room. But I openly called her a pedophile. Straight up. Embarrassed my parent. It must have been my mother, because I believe she was quite embarrassed by this incident. But yeah, I straight up called her a pedophile. And that was, looking back on it, it's pretty funny, but I'm sure in the moment, oh, my, my poor mother. Poor thing. So embarrassed. Not the first time I ever embarrassed her in public either. Sorry. So, after that, I think that began my downhill descent into distrusting doctors. And it only continued. After I was diagnosed with RLS, we came to another doctor, a doctor whose name I do not remember at all. Because I only saw him once, and I was basically like, no, fuck him. He's, he's not worth it. He's, he's an idiot. This doctor is a legitimate idiot. But he's a doctor. How can you be an idiot? Well, there are idiots in all fields. Not all musicians are smart. I've met some pretty dumb ones. Talented, but dumb. So, my mother and I go to this doctor, whose name, again, no idea. 
And we're trying to find out what prescription is going to work for a 13-year-old who has RLS, 13 or 14 at this point. So he's asking me, you know, uh, some basic generic questions. Just, you know, how do you feel when you wake up? How do you feel before you go to bed? Uh, are you on anything right now? Oh, I'm tired when I wake up. I'm tired when I go to bed. And no, I'm not taking anything right now. That's why we're seeing you. His solution to my RLS was, okay, we're going to put him on a stimulant during the day so that he has more energy in order to run things out and make him become more tired. And then we're going to give him a sedative right before bed so that he falls asleep. I said to him, and I'm surprised my mother let me talk this much, but I said to him, it's not me falling asleep that's a problem. It's me just not acquiring rest while I'm sleeping. That's the problem. I'm moving while I'm sleeping. It's not a matter of how much time or, uh, or how much energy I have during the day. It is when I fall asleep. That is the problem. That's what needs to be addressed. But he just kind of smirked at me and ignored me entirely. And he reiterated, yeah, so we're just going to go ahead and put you on a, a stimulant during the day and then a sedative before you go to bed. I started to raise my voice. I said, you're not, I said, I am plenty active. I wake up early. I do band. I go through my entire day. I have wrestling practice after every single school day. Afterwards, I come home and I'm running around. I'm biking all across the neighborhood with my friends. I am plenty active. I am not getting rest while I sleep. And then, of course, same thing. He had that stupid grin on his face, probably thinking that I was an idiot trying to talk down to a doctor, which I, I should have said more. I think I even verbally said to him that he's an idiot. And that's when my mother shushed me and said, you know, how, Frank, how dare you? Probably got to Frank my middle name in there, too. That's how you know you're in trouble. God, fuck that doctor. I hope he loses his license. Anyway, I'm not bitter. I'm just bitter. So, we tried his method. And guess what? Surprise, surprise, it didn't work. I was still falling asleep in class. We eventually got to a, a doctor by the name of Dr. N, who was my mother's doctor, who eventually decided to take me on and I was with him for some hours, some hours, some years, him prescribing me this and that. I swear before we settled on one prescription, I must have gone through at least a dozen. That's why I don't like taking pills. I've gotten better about it. Before, I used to just suffer through a headache just because I had so many different pills that I took when I was a child. I didn't like taking pills. Who does? I'm over it now, though. I'll take pills when I feel the need to. So, he was a bad doctor. Excuse me again. Ah, oh, this tea is just going through me. Uh, he was a bad doctor. Dr. N was pretty good of a doctor. I have no complaints about him throughout all the times that I went and saw him. Then there are the doctors that I kind of like, who are the ones that are doctors, but they're also lazy. And I say lazy because they will essentially... You can self-diagnose yourself. You can tell the doctor your symptoms. You'll be like, hey, you know, I, I have this. You know, I have 
I have crusty eyes and they're red and they're goopy and I feel like this. I think I have pink eye. Can you send me over a prescription to so-and-so pharmacy? Oh yeah, that's what it sounds like. Here you go. Great. Those are the type of doctors that I want, that I need. I know my body. I know what it feels like. I know what's wrong with it. I have the internet to do their job, essentially. Mayo Clinic has everything that I need, which was recently used in order to disprove my most recent doctor. I've been having a sinus infection for months and months now, just constant post-nasal drip, just blech, coughing, especially in the morning to the point of gagging and throwing up. I wanted antibiotics, but according to my new doctor, because I'm not blowing out green whatever from my nose and my ears look fine, antibiotics are not needed. So this doctor recommends some sort of nasal spray, which nasal spray is the right way to go, but the brand which was recommended has horrible, horrible reviews and basically says it doesn't work for anything. So I'm considering her a bad doctor. Why? Because this isn't the first time that I wasn't listened to. When I first became a patient of that doctor's, I was needing my RLS medication because it's been a while since I've had any type of insurance in which to take care of my medical needs. So once I got it, I was able to become a patient of theirs and I said, hey, so here we go. This, I, I have this. I've been diagnosed with it for years. I need, I need something to tend to this. And instead of getting, giving me that, there was a question of, well, you know, how are you feeling? Have you been down as of late? And at the time, yes, I was. I was quite down. I was quite depressed. I just began my uh, therapy sessions with my new therapist. So we were still trying to become acquainted with each other, trying to set goals and plans and just what are these sessions about? What's really bothering you? So I was indeed quite depressed. And I expressed that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been depressed as of late. I'm seeing a therapist, though, so there's it'll get better in time. Again, I expressed that I needed my RLS medication. And they're like, yeah, okay. Uh, there'll be a prescription waiting for you uh, at the at the pharmacy. I'm like, cool, great. I go there once I get the text saying, hey, a prescription is ready for you. Come and get it. Yay, drugs. I go there, it's an antidepressant. I said one thing about, yes, I feel a little bit down, but I'm seeing a therapist right now, and I should be fine in time. No. All that they heard was, oh, he's down, give him drugs to make him feel happy. That's not what I requested. Reluctantly, I tried it. Once. The side effects were so bad that I could not be away from the toilet the entire day. At the time, I was recording the second audiobook for Ushia World. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked out Ushia World, you should. Bam. Go there, create a free account, and check out the audiobook tab, and purchase Desolate Era, or Coiling Dragon. Or, um, the other one, I forget what it is. But yeah, do it. 
I gotta raise that up. Let's see, chat box. Let me smallergate you and bam. Okay, that's better. That'll work. Anyway, I couldn't record that day. Or if I did, it was so sporadic just because I had to keep visiting back the restroom. So I called them up the next day. I'm like, that was horrible. I am not taking these pills again. I requested RLS medication. Get it to me. And at that point, they did. So here we are again. This doctor not listening to me. Not taking into consideration that I've lived with my body my entire life. I know what I need. I need antibiotics for my, for my sinus infection. So, why... Why are there doctors like that? Why are there doctors who do not actually listen to their patients and what they actually need? Only picking and choosing the information which they feel is necessary when probably everything else which their patient is saying is indeed valid towards what they are feeling and experiencing. I've... My, um... My great... Cousin was a doctor in the Chicagoland area. I'm actually named after him. He, from what I've been told, and it might be biased because it's my family, but I've been told that he was one of the better doctors to go to at the time in the Chicagoland area. Just, uh, God. There's just so many things about the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and just healthcare in general within the United States, which is disappointing. And these experiences with these bad doctors is disappointing. It shouldn't be that way. You should be listened to by your medical professional. In addition to that, that one doctor that I described... You know, the one that's like, hey, call him up. I have these symptoms. Can you give me the drugs? Yeah, sure. Yeah, in, in practice and in practicality for my instance, like, oh, I know what I want. Just give me what I want. I don't have a prescription pad. If I had a prescription pad, I wouldn't need you. Your job is literally that compromised due to the Internet. Yeah, that's it. Due to the internet, your job is literally that compromise. Whatever you spout or have to diagnose, I can do so too. I have medical books here. I have the internet. We all have the internet. We all can go to the Mayo Clinic. Which reminds me, when I came home from that appointment, my I shared my experience with my roommate. My roommate went to the Mayo Clinic website and found that Although I don't have gunk in my ears and green coming out of my nose, that doesn't mean that I don't have a sinus infection which needs antibiotics. So, where are you on that one, Doc? That's why I'm sniffling still. Yeah. Yeah, we have the ability in order to do their jobs. We just don't have the prescription pad. That's the only difference between us and them. It's just a little pad of paper saying, yes, I give thee permission to take thy drugs. That's it. 
if you can get to the medical skills of a nurse, you're good to go. That's all you need. Doctors at that point are essentially useless unless they're specialized. A surgeon. Yeah, that's about it. Or is just someone to help, you know, put your broken bones and limbs in a cast. That's all they're really useful for. Otherwise, general practice doctors, you know, your uh, immediate care physician. How much use are they actually? I can go out and get, you know, a, uh, a machine that will test my cholesterol, my blood rate. I don't need to go to them for that. I'm sure all that's available on Amazon. Ultimately, it just comes down to taking care of yourself. But, God, that it just annoys me to no extent that doctors just blatantly ignore what their patients actually want and just do their own thing. Now, I know what you're saying. Why don't you just get a different doctor if you're that displeased with them? Well, dear listener, I would if I could. It took quite a bit of time for me to be able to find a doctor under my insurance policy. And all the ones which I did attempt to communicate with during that time of search, they weren't taking in new patients. So, I had to get the bottom-of-the-barrel doctor as a result of this insurance. It is what it is. Unfortunate, but it is what it is. Anyway, so, sleep. How does this all pertain to sleep? Well, the sleeping helps, uh, the drugs from the doctors help me sleep. However, the RLS is just one aspect of the bad sleep that I get. The other bad aspect is that I also have sleep apnea, so I have to wear a CPAP machine so I don't snore and suffocate myself. The other bad thing about having sleep apnea, which I was um, able to come to a conclusion with, is that during periods of high elevated stress or I just have too much to drink, both of those exacerbate the symptoms of sleep apnea. As a result of that, if it gets too bad, sleep apnea can actually trigger sleepwalking. So this past year for the first time, this year, I should specify, is the first time that I've ever slept walk in my life. And it's happened quite a bit of times now. It's happened, I think, twice this week. Uh, the first time that I can remember that it happened, uh, I evidently gave myself a bit of a fashion show. I uh, seemed to have removed my mask, got up out of bed. I normally just wear boxers to bed because I'm basic and like to stay cool. I seem to have removed my boxers, put on a pair of shorts inside out, and then wore a long sleeve Grinch pajama top because it was Christmas and I played Grinch in the Grinch in high school for Seussical the Musical. And I sometimes get Grinch gifts from my mother and nephews. So I woke up to that. Had no recollection of it. I, you know, the mask being removed while I sleep, that's unfortunately normal. But being in an entirely different attire, that was new. 
I remember one time that I was, I actually woke myself up because I bumped into the wall, which was right next to the stairs. So that was a scary awakening. And then this past week, I actually uh, caught myself in the middle of sleepwalking. And I was able to wake myself up and snap out of it. I was standing in the middle of my room naked, but at least I wasn't by the stairs this time. <laughs> oh my god. God, so, for you, dear listener, let me reiterate that yes, sleep is very important and crucial. If you're younger, you're going to need more sleep. If you're older, you know, seven hours is good, depending upon your schedule and your job. But here are some certain habits for healthy, better sleep that I recommend to you. First and foremost, no caffeine. Like, I would say two and a half to three hours before you go to bed. Let that completely get through your system so that you're able to just not be stimulated by caffeine before you go to sleep. Thing number two, do not have alcohol right before you go to bed. Alcohol actually uh, not only exacerbates certain symptoms of sleeping disorders, as I previously expressed, but it also affects your ability to get into the deeper REM stages and stay there for longer. It will actually have you have more difficulty getting into the proper REM cycle. And if you do, you're not going to stay there for very long. So try to avoid having that shot, that nightcap before you go to bed. You'll sleep better as a result. Two, make sure that you're place of sleeping is completely dark so that the melatonin can go about into your system and you're able to just coast your way into a la-la land. And also, something which is difficult nowadays, is do not have any type of active screens on before you go to sleep. So no looking at your phone, no having the TV on. Instead, relax your brain with a book or a comic book, or a graphic novel. Something of that nature. Maybe pet your dog or your cat before you go to bed, but just don't have electronics on before you are. Now, if you want to have electronics on, which is like playing a podcast, or, um, or has like white noise, someone telling a story, that's fine, so long as you're not looking at the screen. Now, this goes by person to person. I personally like white noise. When I was younger, I had a fish tank in my room, so I would listen to the dripping of the filter system and that whole running thing. But nowadays, I like having a fan on while I sleep. Just white noise to just drown everything else out. Basically, to have a drone in the room that you can just pay attention to and fall asleep to. I like that. I know my roommate likes that. If you don't, that's fine. There are plenty of people who like absolute silence. And if you like that, but you're in a noisy place, if you can handle it, uh, having noise-canceling headphones might be a solution for you in order to be able to acquire better sleep. If you want to, as well, about an hour before you go to bed, you can actually take a hot bath or a hot shower in order to have the muscles relax so that you are able to then just go into that nice, cold, dark room and just kind of melt 
into your bed and into into sleep. I've done that many times before too, and boy does it work. Along with that, if you are taking a bath, uh, those uh, bath bombs, I personally find to also be quite relaxing. And if you find them to be relaxing as well, then go for it. I think there's like a 48-pack on Amazon that you can get a bath bombs, all with different scents and colors, so you're not just doing the exact same thing every single day. If you do want a recommended scent, which is supposed to help relax you and ease your mind, lavender is supposed to do that for you. So if you purchase lavender-scented bath bombs... Not only are you relaxing in that nice, warm liquid, but you're also smelling and relaxing of fresh, fragranted lavender at the same time. So, <clears throat> if you have any bad doctor experiences, email me. Tell me them at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. I will gladly read and comment on them next week when we come back. Or the next time this airs, I should say. Also, I'm not entirely sure when. Uh, it won't be next week. But the following week or the week after that, I will have a special guest on my first guest appearance here on the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. Not going to say who. Not going to tell you exactly what we're going to talk about. But it will be worth your time. And I recommend you tune in. So, along those exact same lines of, of uh, you know, why do we need the doctors if we can do everything ourselves and just all we're missing is a prescription pad? Like, why do we need them? I actually came across a rather interesting article uh, on uh, finance.yahoo.com. And I want to read that because it seems interesting to me. I haven't read it. I'm going to move the mic real quick. I haven't read it, but I like the title of it. Just like last week from that Kotaku uh, article about Elden Ring. This one is called Dying Careers You May Want to Steer Clear Of. Now, this was written by Neil Godfrey. I, I don't know how to how to pronounce his name. It's N-E-A-L-E. -E. I'm going to go with Neil. Uh, Godfrey, financial literacy expert and president and CEO. Published four days ago on Monday. So, let's dive in this together. Let's see what careers we want to steer clear from. It begins saying, No one has a crystal ball. But we are all in a time of great change, and we want our skills to be relevant and needed moving forward. And just as important, we want our kids and grandkids to have happy and fulfilling jobs. Which brings us to an important question. What jobs are likely to disappear or become obsolete over the next decade or so? Next segment, jobs that disappeared. If you were a carriage maker in the 1900s, it would be a hard conversation to have with your kids who came home to tell you about this new machine that was invented, the automobile. You may have said, it's a fad, it's noisy, it breaks down, it goes slow, it gets stuck in the mud and manure, it's expensive, it will never replace the horse and buggy. Can you imagine when people first saw the airplane? It may have been impossible to think that it would change the way people moved across the sea, or 
Remember when you saw the first cordless phone and it looked like a shoebox? Did you ever think that your trusted home phone could be replaced by a cell phone? You get the point. What I want to highlight is that all of these new ways of doing things greatly impacted the jobs and people who worked in these soon-to-be-obsolete industries. Think of all the fairies, horseshoers, farriers, 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 I'm going to go with farriers, farriers, who lost their jobs as a car took over the world of local transportation. Think of the cruise ship owners and workers who were replaced by the advent of air travel. And we know how the world of the internet exploded the world of personal and business communication. If you are not knowledgeable about computer technology, you may not have set at... You may not, ha you may not have a seat at the new work table. Alright, so what industries will become obsolete in the future? Here we go. Into the meat of things. I want to put a disclaimer on this list. No one knows for sure which professionals will or will not exist or how they will morph into new incantations of themselves. Here are some that I have been thinking about. I, as in the author, Mr. Godfrey. I'm just reading. Where's it Godfrey? I hate pronouncing names. That was one thing that I hated in the radio industry was trying to pronounce people's names. I was horrible, horrible, horrible at it. Do you know I pronounced Teresa wrong? I said it was... Theresa. True story. All right, so here's the list. Number one, real estate agent. The old days of having a person pick out a home for you to tour are swiftly slipping away. There are so many sites to help you choose the location, school system, amenities, etc. of a new home. That real estate agents are starting to disappear. As the final stages of where you want to live come closer, you may want the help of a real person, but the fees they charge are coming under pressure as, they value, as their value diminishes. Okay, I can see it. Truck-taxi drivers. Driverless technology, driverless technology is advancing quickly. It's estimated that roughly 33 million anonymous... Autonomous? Autonomous... Automated vehicles will be on the road by 2040. Oh, 19 years from now, huh? Oh, boy. Well, that'll be interesting. I've never been in one. Excuse me, and to quote Conan O'Brien, I mean, people are just going to have sex now when they travel. They're like, that's, that's all that... Instead of just putting in seats, just put it in a couple of beds. Like, that's, that's what it's going to be. Have the trunk still be the trunk because groceries, but just have a bed instead of seats. Doctor, this is controversial because so many people want to be taken care of by a live person. The pandemic ushered in the transition to telehealth. I believe that we are about to witness another revolution. No one doctor, no one doctor has all the knowledge to diagnose a patient, and they do not have all the historical data and possible treatments at their fingertips. As soon as global medical data becomes available, the computer can diagnose research DNA and set about a cure for the vast majority of people. Today, not all medical data is shared. I mean, that's just kind of scary then, isn't it? Like, that's essentially saying that there's going to be no sense of privacy whatsoever. 
And if that's the case, I forget what, what, what show it was, but there was like years and years ago, I think on the Discovery Channel, there was a show that came about of like the future, like what the future is going to be like, and et cetera, et cetera. And there was like a uh, young adult male who kept jars of his own urine in his in his cupboard because he went out the night before got drunk didn't want the insurance company to know so he just dumped his own previous urine in his toilet because his urine was then analyzed to make sure that he was doing everything within his health insurance so apparently you can't get drunk or drink in the future because the health insurance is or just insurance in general, will control everything and will cut you off in violation. That's kind of what that's saying. That once medical data becomes available, global medical data becomes available, the entire world would potentially have access to your medical history. That's scary. I don't even like that. If I have to deal with shitty doctors in order to avoid that, then I guess I'm dealing with shitty doctors. Ugh. But there's... There has to be a limit as to our technological, medical, and just advancements in general of mankind and for mankind, which does not compromise our privacy and our data. There are things that the world should not know about everyone. And that goes for other people. They don't need to know. My state legislators don't need to know. The government doesn't need to know. No one needs to know my medical history. Hell, you guys didn't even need to know that I have sleeping disorders. You do now because it's a very serious thing in which to talk about. You need your sleep. If you don't get sleep, you go so far into sleep deprivation, you become depressed. Depression and sleep deprivation, they go hand in hand. It's a surprise I'm as happy as I am right now. <laughs> uh, just... Privacy still needs to be a factor. Always. Always. And that's something which will probably always be challenged in the face of progress, progress air quotes, of the government and of the medical and pharmaceutical companies absolutely it goes on next one librarian it pains me but gone will be the days of researching or reading in a library the digital library is at everyone's fingertips yeah that's gonna be more than true soon i mean i've god only knows how long books will actually last like i hope they always do uh sorry trees and deforestation but I collect books I have a bunch of books uh, comic books and just regular books in general I love my library I love the feel and the smell of books so I mean I <laughs> libraries yeah they they might be gone it might just be hey you need this book order it it'll come to you yeah you need this information you have the web google it Ask Jeeves, which I think is just ask. Sorry, Jeeves, you got fired. 
It's because everyone kept asking Jeeves if he was gay. Next, cashier. In the old days, there had been there had to be a person to check you out, take your money, and give you change or charge your credit card. We are rapidly moving into becoming a cashless society. Yep. Gone will be the need to even learn the life skill of making change. Our computers will perform all of the banking needs we have. Amazon, through its Amazon Go brick-and-mortar stores, is experimenting with a new checkout system. You can scan an Amazon Go app at the turnstile when you enter and just exit without checking out when you leave. Yeah, so that's another thing, is that not only is the medical pharmaceutical companies a threat to our privacy, so are the banks. If we go in a cashless society, then that means that the banks know anything and everything which you purchase. And God knows that they're not keeping your data safe. They're selling that. Don't be fooled. Of course they're selling it. No company is trustworthy, especially ones which are national and international, you know, conglomerations. They're just, they take your information, they sell it. They make a profit off of that, and then, of course, they go ahead and they sell to advertisers who then specify and make those fun little algorithms online for you to see specified ads for you. Hey, I just looked up this Rode microphone. Here's some more Rode microphones to look at! No, thank you. I, I got my fill. Stop pressuring me. So, yeah, uh, cashiers, I absolutely imagine, are are going to be gone. Delivery driver and mail carriers. As drones get more sophisticated, there will be a need for humans to, there will not be a need for humans to deliver packages and mail. Much of your junk mail has already been converted into junk email. Even social security has abandoned physical checks, and many utility companies are moving in that direction with their billing too. Yes, they are. A lot of the utility companies that I've been paying to for years now are encouraging the uh, paperless billing method, which is fine and good, but personally, I like having physical copies because if I were to come under some sort of lawsuit or legal happenings with any of them, I will at least have physical copies in which to dispute what I need to rather than them potentially hiding, destroying, or altering what I may need for that court case. So always, me, I say always go paper. If not, once a document becomes available to you, print it out for your own documentation. That way you don't get screwed over. Paper trails are a good thing. Bank worker. Banks are going to physically downsize as much as our monetary transactions are done digitally. Bank branches will begin to close as online banking increases. Millennials are also using digital solutions for their investing needs. The fine, the fine tech world is exploding with new mobile investing devices as well. As people become more comfortable with investing digitally, it will mean there will be fewer and fewer live financial advisors and bank personnel. Yeah, makes sense. I can see that, absolutely. Sports referee and umpires. Even soccer's governing body, FIFA, is relenting to pressure to introduce more technology into the game with video assistant referees. Many other sports, such as tennis, also have been using technology to make real-time decisions. Interesting. Also makes sense. 
instead of having referees getting paid off or missing something, we would have technology to give a unbiased ruling, which I'm okay with, actually. Yeah, you, you umpires and sport referees, sometimes you all don't see anything or, in fact, are biased. So, yeah, you guys can go. Fishers, we have overfished our waters in many places and global warming is negatively impacting remaining species of fish. If we are, if we are to eat fish in the future, it will most likely be farm raised. The typical fisher, uh, fisher will no longer be able to go out and fish. Maybe not professionally, but as a hobby, perhaps. Lawyers and legal secretary, uh, Deloitte has indicated that over the next 20 years, 114,000 legal jobs could be automated. It is similar to the medical profession. Our digital world can instantaneously provide case history and feed your data into a system to find your legal solutions. Documentation could also be filed electronically. Well, I mean, I, I guess that just means that you would have less legal fees to pay. Like, that's a good thing, right? Factory workers. Automation is already interrupting these professions. It is estimated that there will be a shrinkage of over 204,000 jobs by 2029. Yikes. Yeah, I, I believe it. Travel agent. Oh, boy. Before the internet, it was really great to talk to a live person who could help you cobble together your whole vacation. That profession could get you the best hotel and accommodations at the best rates. Today, there are many easy-to-use websites and apps that can help you research and book every part of your vacation. Employment uh, for travel agents is expected to fall 26% from 2019 to 2029. That makes sense to me. Honestly, I never understood why you would need a travel agent. They charge ridiculous prices for something that you can do yourself, so I'm okay with travel agents going away. Don't be bummed, be inspired, it says. My goal was not to depress you, if you or your loved ones are in any of these industries. It is just to get you thinking about the future so that you can be on the forefront of the new world with new job opportunities. This can make a great dinner conversation with your kids. Ask them what they see in the future and what jobs will disappear and what others will be created. Part of being a parent is to help our kids to be resilient to change. Remember the words of Albert Einstein, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Interesting article. Um, here, I will of course post this um, in the description of the YouTube video that will be coming out later this evening. Or, it's out right now if you're listening to it, hey hey! Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting read. Tell me what you thought about that article, because um, there are some jobs on there where I'm like, excuse me, where I thought, yeah, goodbye and good riddance, and then other ones I'm like, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like a couple of them. A couple. Like factory workers. That's a good, honest job. I understand that demands are getting high, but that just means that we're going to be burning through more resources that we can't replenish equally. Yeah, there's there's so much changing, so much happening. Just in the world politically and what have you, it's it's nuts, it's nuts. Alright, well, hey, we made it to an hour. We did it. Congratulations, everyone. Uh again, remember, you can email this podcast at uh frankly speaking on Friday's podcast, FSOF podcast at gmail 
gmail.com. I will take uh, I will take questions. I will take suggested topics of discussion. Or if you just want to say hello, please feel free to say hello. But I will be back next week. Next Friday, 2 p.m., same place, same time, twitch.tv slash fapismplays. And this will be posted again on my YouTube channel, fapismplays on YouTube. And the Frankly Speaking on Friday podcast is also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You will find those up there later today as well. Or whenever you're listening to it. It's probably available right now. Go check it out. But if you made it to the end of the... Anyway, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, check me out on Twitch, which is here right now. Twitch.tv slash plays. YouTube. Be sure to check out PedoraStudios.com. If you need some voiceover services, send me an email at FrankPedor at PedoraStudios.com. So, thank you for listening. Remember, keep practicing no matter what it is, so long as it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. Keep practicing. I'm going to practice drinking more tea and water and trying to cleanse my body of toxins a bit better. I think it will help me in the long run not only to lose weight, feel a little bit more gumption, a little more pep in my step, and just hopefully maybe help me sleep better. Work on your sleeping habits. Sleep well. And uh, you know what? Just take care of yourselves. Read a book. Be happy. Do what makes you do what you love. All right? All right, that's the podcast. I will see you all next week. Take care, and I'll see you later. Talk to you later. All the above. Bye-bye.